As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into another episode of the Daily Ding You presented by BetMGM. I am Michael Beller. We are back with the Sweet 16 coming at us this weekend. Sweet 16 games on Saturday and Sunday, Elite 8 games on Monday and Tuesday, and that means Ding You will be back with you all the way through those Tuesday games. We've got a show today, a show tomorrow, a show Monday, and a show Tuesday. I will be joined for all those shows by my trusty co-host, Brian Bennett. Brian, today we are here to set things for the Sweet 16 and look ahead uh, from a futures point of view. We'll get into Sweet 16 game lines and everything with that tomorrow. But today, we are here to set a base, set a foundation for the futures market in the Sweet 16. And I mean, this is pretty fun with what we've got left. I like the way it shook out. We've got our fair share of upset teams. Hello, Oral Roberts. Hello, Loyola. And then our fair share of chalk with with, uh, teams like Gonzaga and Baylor, and Alabama, and Michigan. I really like the composition of the 16 teams that are left. Should be really easy to pick this because the first uh, couple of rounds were so predictable and just uh, so easy to pick. And yeah. we did such a great job on that. That uh, how can we possibly miss from here on? I mean, how can, how can we possibly miss? It's, this is this right. is unmissable from right. this point forward, right? I mean, that's that. Let's be honest. That's where we're sitting here, uh, just feeling like uh, we can't possibly do anything wrong. Joking a little bit, a little bit of tongue in cheek, but we are ready to start thinking about these uh, about these uh, new updated futures that we have. Uh, let's take this clockwise. So let's look at the West and the South region. As you look at your brackets, you can see uh, the uh, new updated Final Four odds for both the West and the South. Of course, Gonzaga coming in as a major favorite still in the West region. We're looking at the Zags minus 450 uh, as the favorite here. Then we've got USC at plus 700, Oregon at plus 1,000, and then Creighton, the five seed here at plus 1,400. Perhaps no surprise considering they get Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Baylor minus 150 in the South, Arkansas plus 175, Villanova plus 600, and Oral Roberts plus 3,500. Of course, all these odds coming to us from BetMGM. Brian, let's start in that West region. I I know there's a team you want to make an argument for that is not named Gonzaga. So who you got here? Well, let's let's be uh, very clear here. I'm I'm not going to bet against Gonzaga. I'm not arguing that anyone should bet against Gonzaga. But I'm saying if if you have a high tolerance of risk 
and you want to, you know, put some money on a, a, a team that could re- give you a great return, I think Oregon might not be a bad play. And here's why I think Oregon, you know, they lost USC when they, the one time the teams played uh, and Isaiah Mobley didn't play in that game. So that's, that's the bad news. And Isaiah Mobley said on Twitter, this or said at an interview session, I think yesterday that uh, Oregon stole the championship from USC. So, but you give Dana Altman a few days to prepare in that game. I kind of like where, where us, where Oregon is in that one. Uh, Oregon is one of those teams that peaks in March they play a great style of defense. And as we saw in the Iowa game, they're capable of scoring a lot too. Now, you know, you and I could probably put together a, a pickup game and, and score probably 70 on Iowa, the way they play defense, the way they play defense. The I can shoot it a little bit. I can <laughs> I'm coming off a screen. I, I like to paint myself a young Kyle Corver. There you go. I'm the point guard. I'm, 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 a, I'm a no shoot point guard, but uh, you know, I think when you play Gonzaga, the things you, you need, you're going to have to play a great D you're going to have to have good wings. who can play defense. And then even then, Gonzaga's probably going to put up 75, even if you play a perfect game defensively. So you're going to have to be able to score a little bit. And when I look at all these teams in this region, I think Oregon is the one uh, that could give Gonzaga some problems. They've played Gonzaga you know, a few times over the past few years, so they're going to understand the style a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to beat Gonzaga by any chance, but if you're looking for a big, big score potential, I think that's the one here in this region. Yeah, you're totally right. When You have to score with Gonzaga, and we're going to talk with C.J. Holmes about that a little bit later when we get into the Creighton and Gonzaga Sweet 16 matchup. In the South region, You know, like I think you can make an argument for Arkansas. I think Villanova and Jay Wright, they've done such a great job to get to this point. Obviously, they were comfortable favorites in both of their uh, first and second round games, but still, to lose Colin Gillespie and to regather everything on the fly, very impressive for them to get here into the Sweet 16. I think it's going to be very tough sledding for them against a Baylor team that has definitely refound itself both offensively and defensively. No offense to Oral Roberts. I do hope that we get that Baylor-Arkansas game because I think that one could be a lot of fun. And Arkansas would seem to have some of the uh, personnel that you need to trouble Baylor and to keep them out of the final four. I don't really see anything that I want to wager on here, though. I'm not paying the minus 150 for Baylor just to get to the final four, and I really don't feel comfortable with anyone taking them down. If you could give me Arkansas at, like, plus 300, if I was getting yeah. three to one on that, then I could see a value argument for him there. But at plus 175, it's not something I'm interested in. I'll maybe just see where the line sits uh, when, the, if and when these teams meet in the Elite Eight. I agree with you, and I'll tip my cap to the bookmakers on this one because if Arkansas had been a little higher, I might have been a little more interested, yeah. as you said. Uh, and, you know, they I, I like them against Royal Roberts. Royal Roberts you know, played them earlier in the year in Fayetteville, led at halftime. Uh, it's not inconceivable that Oral Roberts could win that game. But uh, I, I really like Baylor. I think Baylor's a tough, tough matchup for Villanova uh, just with his perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I really like Baylor to come out of this region. I might be willing to put some money on him, even minus 150. That's how much I like them in this region. Yeah, definitely. I think almost as comfortable a favorite uh, in the South as Gonzaga is in the West. Let's take a look at our two remaining regions, the Midwest and the East region. Of course, the Midwest is where everything got turned over. We've got the two seed here, Houston at plus 115, but then everything else totally out the window. Number eight, Loyola plus 170. Number 11, Syracuse plus 500. Number 12, Oregon State plus 700. Over in the East, you've got Michigan at 125. Alabama two to one at plus 200. Florida State plus 300, and UCLA plus 600. This one playing pretty close to script. In the Midwest, I mean, is it Houston or no one? I mean, is that really the way that you look at betting this region, or could you make an argument for Loyola with their defense, for Syracuse with the way that they're shooting the ball? Is there anyone else that interests you here? I like Syracuse. I think think Syracuse is a good matchup against Houston. 
Houston, not a particularly big team, a team that, that did not play very well against zones. Uh, the little, you know, the, the little that they saw them in the AAC, and you know the way Syracuse is playing right now. Now, granted, Kelvin Sampson is going to have a little bit more time to prepare uh, than some of the teams did on the quick turnaround and uh, second round and first round. But you know, I think this is a good matchup. And if they get past Houston, then all you're saying is Syracuse has to beat Loyola Chicago or Oregon State. And, that, and for plus five hundred, mm-hmm. compared to what you can get on the odds of these other teams, that would be the way I would go here. Yeah, I mean, with the way Syracuse is shooting the ball, they're just uh, you know totally unconscious. And Buddy Beheim playing, you know, probably the best basketball he's played at any point during his college career. I think that is the value argument as well. Uh, you know, if I was taking it straight, Houston just I feel like they are the best team here. But obviously, you know, they could very. I, I, I think if if I can't remember who it was, but if that alley oop gets thrown down by Rutgers. Now we're talking about a 10-point lead. Instead, it goes back rim. Houston takes the ball down and makes a three. And suddenly, instead of a 10-point lead, we're looking at a five-point game with what there was maybe about three minutes or so left yeah. in that game at that point. If that dunk goes down, we're talking about Rutgers in this spot. I don't think we're talking about Houston still being here. And then we have you know probably the craziest Sweet 16 a region has ever seen if we're getting yeah. the 10-seed Rutgers in over the two-seed Houston. That's one that I feel this is probably another stay-away region for me in terms of the final four odds. But I will be very interested in talking about that uh, Syracuse and Houston game when we get to tomorrow's show looking at the odds for this one. Uh, in the Midwest, I was talking about it last week. I felt like Michigan was a little bit – or excuse me, this is the East, mid, that Michigan a little bit undervalued, that there was a little bit too much stock put into Isaiah Livers. You know, I don't mean any disrespect, of course, to Isaiah Livers, but this is still a great team, a really impressive win over LSU to get to this point. Love them, love Alabama. I think that the chalk plays out in this region that we are looking at a Michigan Alabama should be a two seed. My fault there. Um, uh, uh, Elite eight game. I think that those are there is some value in those, even though we're just talking about plus 125 and plus 200. I think there is some value in either one of those teams, depending on which one you like, just because I really think that they can control the teams that they're going up against in the Sweet 16. Yeah, it's a it's a tough region, I think, uh, from a betting perspective, just because, as you said, the, the the numbers aren't great for the for the top three teams there, and you know the Michigan State, actually the Michigan Florida State matchup is going to be uh, quite a battle to to behold, I think, with all those athletes and the differing styles of play, and then I really really like Alabama against UCLA, um, so I yeah. I'm pretty confident in Alabama getting to the Elite Eight at least. So if I were going to put any money on anybody, it'd probably be the Crimson Tide at this point. But yeah. uh, I'm not sure the odds are are great for any of these three teams. For enough enough for me to to really uh, pick one for for the gambling purposes. Yeah, Alabama was my uh, final four pick coming out of this region before the tournament. Nothing they did the first two rounds has me swayed from that, and it is feeling like a long shot that Michigan gets Isaiah Livers back at any point in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, or for that matter, even the final four, should they be lucky enough and good enough to advance to that point. Let's take a look at our updated national championship odds. We've got. All 16 teams to look at here. Of course, no surprise that Gonzaga leads the way in this one at plus 150. Then you've got Baylor at plus 450, Michigan and Houston at plus 900, Alabama at plus 1,000. You see the rest of the teams there. I mean, you know, I I look at the the first few teams, right? Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Houston, and Alabama. And I could make arguments on behalf of really all of them except for Houston. I don't think Houston is going to go on a, a path where they, even if they get to the final four, take down Baylor and Gonzaga or Baylor and Michigan or Baylor and Alabama. I think that's a tough sell for them. But I think you can make strong arguments for Gonzaga even at just one and a half to one on your money at Baylor at plus 450, Michigan at nine to one, Alabama at 10 to one. Like both of those are mm-hmm. interesting to me. Is there anything about these national championship odds that's getting you excited? 
Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, Gonzaga, even at plus 150, is probably pretty good odds. Yeah. He's talking about a team that hasn't been beaten all year long and just looked terrific, obviously, in its first two NCAA tournament games. Baylor at plus 450, I think, is, is pretty good value. There there was a time in, in early February, late January, where I would have told you that I probably would have picked Baylor to win it all the way they were playing uh, and their defense matching up against Gonzaga. So that's that's pretty good value. And as you said, if you want a, you know a little bit longer shot, Alabama plus a thousand is, is pretty darn good, pretty darn tasty yeah. there. And then, you know, Michigan at plus one nine nine hundred, you could actually maybe bet on both those and kind of you know hedge your bet a little bit that one of those comes out of the East and then you take your chances. So uh, I'm not really seeing anybody else uh, that I think uh, can win four games in a row. Uh, maybe we'll be surprised, but I just don't really see it. I really am with you there. It's just a hard sell for any of those other teams that have done a good job to get into the Sweet 16. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Really quick, let's take a, a, a quick run through the most outstanding player odds that we have available to us. Uh, of course, no surprise to see the big trio from Gonzaga leading the way. Corey Kispert at plus 450, Drew Timmy at plus 600, and Jalen Suggs at plus 600. I look over into the next column, though, Brian, where we see Davion Mitchell plus 1,600, Macy Oteague plus 2,000, and Hunter Dickinson at plus 2,200. If Baylor wins the championship, it's going to be one of those two guys or Jared Butler. If Michigan wins the championship, it's almost certainly going to be Hunter Dickinson without Isaiah Livers. So I, I want to – like, I, I would be more interested – maybe not more interested, but like if I feel like Baylor is going to win this, do I want to bet Baylor at plus 450 or do I want to take a shot on Davion Mitchell at plus 1600, right? I mean, there are some ways to make the same bet, but find your way to better odds. And those three guys, Mitchell Teague and Dickinson are the ones who jump out at me. I think we're on the same page here. It'd be tough to bet one of those Gonzaga guys because you're you're Mm -hmm. basically almost betting against yourself in in some ways because you just don't know which one is going to have the bigger, bigger games in the final four. Drew Timmy has been outstanding so far. Uh, certainly wasn't that second round win. So, yeah, I really like uh, Davion Mitchell. Brian Hamilton uh, from The Athletic wrote an outstanding piece about him just the other day. So I would I would uh, read that if, if you're more interested in finding out more about Davion Mitchell. But I think that's a good pick. I, I like the Mitchell pick, especially the way he's been shooting the three this yeah. year. He could get super hot uh, and just, you know, go off in, in a Final Four setting. And the defense he plays, I think that's a, that's a really good value right there. Yeah, some fun things certainly to look at as we get ready for the start of the Sweet 16. Of course, if we're going to get ready for the start of the Sweet 16, we got to bring on the guy who is deep into all of these odds. That is Jason Scott, the VP of Trading at BetMGM. Jason, of course, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on today's episode of Ding You. Uh, Coming into the tournament, we know that BetMGM and probably every bookmaker out there had liabilities on Gonzaga and Michigan, Illinois too, so... Thumbs up to you guys for Loyola getting the victory there. Those Gonzaga and Michigan liabilities still standing. Is there any other interesting national championship action rolling in for you guys since the Sweet 16 has been set? 
it's been really interesting. The uh, the people of Michigan have, have uh, stopped betting. Uh, <laughs> Michigan went into the tournament the best part of a half a million dollar loser for us. They're now the best part of a half a million dollar winner. Um, I don't know whether it's the injury to Lively. They looked fairly impressive last game to me, mm-hmm. but we can't write their name down. Uh, frankly, our book's very pretty. Uh, <laughs> Illinois just got horrible. What we have noticed since since Monday, really the only tickets we're writing are for Houston, Oral Roberts, and, of course, Gonzaga. So we've taken one bet this week of 100000 to win 150000 on Gonzaga, a couple of others of ten and 20000 What I think it is, a lot of people don't want to give away 13, 14-point start in a game prefer to take the plus 150 and sit on Gonzaga for the rest of the tournament. I think we're going to see that because they're going to be short pretty much. Certainly, they're going to be short in the Elite Eight as well. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a double-figure handicap for sure, probably six or seven in the Final Four. Those that just want an, a, an easy victory or a softer travel, I think we're going to see just keep seeing one-way traffic. Mm. Interesting. You mentioned Houston was one of the teams uh, getting some of those bets and we look at that Midwest region, we have a number two, a number eight, a number 11, and number 12, just easily the craziest region of the four at this point. It, so is Houston the team seeing the most Final Four action there, and is there anyone else getting getting some action there? Uh, yeah, look, a little bit is geographical and where we're open. Houston's certainly the best. We are seeing a little bit from Syracuse, um, mm-hmm. obviously with us being open in Jersey, that there's a, there's a few crossing the border. Um, Oregon, Loyola, Chicago, barely, barely any. Yeah, Loyola is uh, is one that could uh, be popular just in the general market, but as you say, geographics going to play a part in that. And to see them at plus 170, a lot of respect for this team. Uh, a lot of uh, people saying in, coming into this, one of the most underseated teams in the tournament. And I think the Illinois Fighting Illini would certainly agree with that, having to face that Loyola Chicago team in the second round. Uh, let's move on into the East region. This one came pretty close to playing to script. We've got a one seed, a two seed, and a four seed in Michigan, Alabama, and Florida State. And then the 11 UCLA, which, you know, really looked great in getting to this point, the comeback against Michigan State. Then they really just cruised to wins over both BYU and Abilene Christian. Uh, Is there any team jumping out here as seeing an increase in action in the futures market or something where you've had to react to and bring odds, change odds from where they opened at because of maybe something you've just seen on the court or something that you've seen in the book? Yeah, look, Michigan has blown a little bit even since Monday. I think we went up plus 110 straight after the game. We're seeing consistent business here. Not a huge number of bets, but nearly every ticket we write for Alabama or Florida State. Slightly more to Alabama, but mm-hmm. probably 55, 40, and just a trickle for the other two. UCLA is pretty much every cent in the book for us. Uh, Gonzaga, obviously the huge favorite, as we talked about in the West. That does mean the other three teams have some good odds, and we were talking earlier I was saying that Oregon might not be a bad pick if you had a high tolerance for risk, but are you seeing any meaningful action on either USC, Oregon, or Creighton at this point? No, I don't think any of the players' families from USC or Oregon live in states where we bet. We, we can't even get a trickle. We, we did see one bet of 120000 to win to win 100 on Creighton, giving away, uh, taking the 13.5 start this week. But in terms of them progressing into the final four, it's chalk, chalk, chalk. Yeah, Creighton. I mean, at least you can right. Like we were talking about earlier, if you're going to beat Gonzaga, like you're not going to you're not going to hold Gonzaga to 66 points in a game. Like you're going to have to score. We know that Creighton can shoot it with Marcus Zagorowski with Balik. Like that's a team that can put points on the board, and that's what you need to do to beat Gonzaga. So I can at least see the logic behind an argument for backing Creighton. Hard to imagine them getting 
through the Gonzaga Bulldogs here. We got one more question for you. This is actually me trying to play faux bookmaker. Or I'm going to guess uh, at something. I feel like Arkansas could be turning into a popular pick simply because of what they did over the first two rounds to get to this point, a game that you feel like you know, they really have no business losing in the Sweet 16. So you can almost in your head automatically advance them to the Elite Eight, and then it's just one good night away from getting into the Final Four. Is that something that is playing out in reality? In reality, no. You mentioned before that you thought the bookmakers had done a good job on Arkansas because we kept them too short. You didn't want to back them. We've probably done a bad job. I think we've had them too short that nobody wants to back them. Uh, again, a, a little bit of uh, geography with Villanova down in PA where we're, we're active and it's not far from the NJ border. Very, very well backed. Oral Roberts, we haven't seen the money, but it's actually become our, if we talk since last Monday, it would be the largest liability we've gathered in pretty much every market it can be in. Uh, they're even taking the plus 10,000 to win the to win the tournament. Uh, but in terms of Baylor and Arkansas, are very, very quiet. This is the region where we've seen the least action. Jason, obviously what Brian and I meant when we said that is that you're doing a very good job keeping the sharp, super intelligent college basketball brains off of Arkansas because of how interesting they could be at 3-1 to one odds. That's Jason Scott, the VP of Trading from BetMGM. Jason, we'll be back with you tomorrow to talk the Sweet 16 game lines. But until then, have a great day, and thanks for joining us again. Thanks, then, Jens. All right, of course, uh, we here at The Athletic are partnering with BetMGM to bring you the best exclusive offer to bet alongside us and win. All you got to do, we're offering these Dingu listeners a risk-free bet up to $600. Just sign up at BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code DAILYDING to take advantage of this special offer from the king of sportsbooks. It's for new customers. It's a risk-free first bet up to $600 at BetMGM.com with the code DAILYDING. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. All right, Brian and I, as we have been all uh, daily ding you long, are going to be joined by a few of our colleagues here at The Athletic. First, I want to bring in Brendan Quinn. Brendan, of course, covers uh, the state of Michigan for us. That includes the Sweet 16, I guess not bound, just in. They already have arrived at the Sweet 16. Michigan Wolverines. Brendan, thanks so much for joining us here. Um, an impressive showing from Michigan. You know, we didn't really expect Texas Southern to give them any trouble in the first round, and they didn't. And then that that second-round matchup with LSU was always going to be a tough one. It played to script. It probably would have been a tough one with Isaiah Livers. Of course, they were able to get there without Isaiah Livers. Did any Were there any obvious adjustments you saw Michigan play with that Juwan Howard made not having Livers available? Something that's key considering we don't expect him to be available at all this weekend either? Well, yeah, I mean, that that game was so interesting in in the sense that it was very matchup dependent on in terms of who checks who and, and making adjustments as the game went on. I mean, that, that 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 night did not start well for Michigan. They looked like they were in serious trouble early on. Uh, and then Shondi Brown comes in and, and and he helps kind of slow down Cam Thomas a little bit. They they made some other adjustments. They they ran Eli Brooks at the point a little bit because Mike Smith size wise was really kind of in a bad spot uh, against LSU. They put uh, put Hunter Dickinson on Watford, and that, and that helped change things. So, yeah, I mean, Michigan did a really good job of making adjustments on the fly that, that helped kind of swing that game around. And what's interesting in the upcoming matchup with Florida State is, you know, Florida State mirrors LSU in a lot of different ways in terms of kind of – shapes and sizes of personnel uh you know everyone's over six four um athletes they 
they kind of they they play a certain way. I, I would say Florida State's certainly better than LSU. I think it's uh, it, it actually plays with defensive purpose, unlike LSU. Um, but in, in terms of you know a situation like Mike Smith at point guard, uh, he had he had troubles in ball screens against mm-hmm. against LSU's size, and you might see a lot more of that um, against Florida State as well. So I do wonder if you're going to see a little bit more of that Eli Brooks at point guard lineup uh, in, in this game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Brendan, about that matchup with Florida State. You, you're right that LSU does have you know similar style of athletes, although Florida State much, much better defensively, and mm-hmm. they seem to just have waves and waves of guys. I don't know where Leonard Hamilton finds all these guys. Right. <laughs> They're like aliens out there, how long and big they are. And there's not a lot of teams like that in the in the Big Ten or really anywhere on planet Earth. So how, how does <laughs> Michigan match up uh, in this game, and how important is Hunter Dickinson? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, their their average height is six eight, and you know that's how they beat teams is their depth and their size. And in this case, this year, their their offense is much better than than usual. This is a much better shooting Florida State team than than typical. Um, Michigan. All that said, though, I do feel like Michigan's oddly a decent matchup for Florida State. It's one of the few teams that can say that. Like, not many teams have Franz Wagner. You know, I mean, this he's six nine and he guards guy. You know, it, basically the ideal matchup for Scotty Barnes is Franz Wagner. So, how many teams have that? Not many. Um, you know, that's a natural matchup. Eli Brooks is a natural matchup for MJ Walker. It, that just works. Um, you know, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I assume you know, unless Leonard Hamilton decides to go small, and I put small in air quotes, um, but not play Balsa, right? You know, and, and not play a true the true seven one center to, to kind of go up against Dickinson, that would be the only, you know, potential kind of not mismatch, but thing that could kind of mm-hmm. complicate things in any way. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think Florida state's going to play uh, balsa. Uh, I, I always hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's hard when you don't watch that much ACC basketball, but um, I'm not even attempting the last name, but um, you know, beyond that, Raquan Gray is a very natural matchup for Brandon Johns. Um, you know, they do kind of oddly mirror each other a, a little bit. Um, so I, I think it's pretty natural kind of going across, right? This guy on this guy, this guy on this guy, this guy on this guy. And then once you get into the game, ball screens go a certain way. You see how the team, you know, Florida State's going to switch on everything. So how does Michigan handle that? Um, we'll see. I think it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating game. And, uh, you know, what, what team is starts adjusting to what the other team is doing kind of, you know, maybe get the other one chasing. Maybe that's the way the game goes. You know, when I look up and down the remaining 16 teams left and the potential matchups we could have this weekend, the one I get excited about most is Michigan and Alabama. I think that would be just a, a super fun game. I would love to see these two teams go at each other. I wish it could be with Isaiah Livers. I know that's not going to be uh, the case most likely, but you know, let's spin forward and let's say that this does happen. We can, uh, you know, we can forget about anything else. We're going to ask you about the Big Ten, but that feels kind of boring. So let's talk about a potential Michigan and Alabama match up and just pretend that this does happen. What does Michigan need to do in that one to keep this Alabama offense in check? You know, it's kind of wild that Michigan on the path that they've been on Texas, Southern LSU, Florida state, it's like you're oddly playing better versions of kind of the same <laughs> system and the same team. Um, it's like free scout teams basically, you know, 
So, you know, as you go, as you build, they're, they're kind of seeing similar things. And, you know, with Alabama, it's certainly different than it, but in terms of, you know, the looking to get out and score, looking to play a certain way, um, it, it does kind of fit that progression a little bit. So, you know, in this case, I feel like you, Michigan can play both ways. They can go fast. They can go slow. Um, and, and this one, I think if you can kind of replicate some of the troubles that um, that Alabama's had against slower teams, mm-hmm. Alabama, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma, Missouri, right? If you play that way and try to frustrate Alabama a little bit, I think that's that's what you want to do. So I would look for Michigan to really try to make it a half court game, really try to use its possessions, um, you know, make a lot of passes, make a you know, try to really control the tempo of the game, frustrate Alabama in that way, just out execute. Um, and you got to match them on the three with the three ball. You know, you got to you got to hit shots. And that's that's obviously harder without Isaiah Livers, but. You know, Michigan's proven that it can have it has four shooters on the floor at any given time um, that that are capable of of burning you. And obviously, Brandon Johns is a little bit of a step back. And if I'm a defense, I'm going to let him shoot all day. I'm playing way off of him. I'm going to space out my, my defense and let him set and and sag my man off of Brandon Johns all day. Cheat on Dickinson. Cheat on 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 Franz driving the ball. Um, make Brandon Johns. Um, uh, beat you and and mm-hmm. make Mike Smith have to turn into a score, make him beat you, right? That's that's kind of the key to 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 get in Michigan. So uh, I would look for Alabama to do that, and if Michigan can hit threes and and still execute with with a defense playing it that way, that's kind of the recipe, I think. Very much hope we get to see that matchup. I mean, would my bracket benefit significantly from an Alabama over Michigan Elite Eight? Yeah, of course it would. But the basketball fan in me just really wants to see those two teams go up against one another with a Final Four berth on the line. Brendan Quinn, thanks so much for joining us. You know we're coming back to you if Michigan does indeed get past Florida State and get onto the Elite Eight. So uh, I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Call me up. I'll be here. <laughs> All right. That is Brendan Quinn, one of our great college basketball reporters at The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsns varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply you know if i would have applied myself i could have gone to the nba you think so yeah i think so but it's just like it's been done you know i didn't want to <laughs> i was like i don't want to be a follower hi i'm jason concepcion and i'm shay serrano and we are back we have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
we bring on Matthew Gutierrez, who uh, is covering a team that seemingly always shows up here in the Sweet 16, the Syracuse Orange. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Very happy to see that you've made it home since we last talked to you on Sunday. Let's talk about this matchup uh, for Syracuse. Uh, Impressive, right? Impressive just getting here. The way that they just, I mean, that game with San Diego State was frankly never a game. Then they get past a very tough West Virginia team. Now they go up against the Houston team that was uh, very deserving of being a two-seeded team that held on against Rutgers or came back to knock off Rutgers and win that game. Now we look at this one, this matchup between Syracuse and Houston. How do the Orange keep this thing rolling? Yeah, for sure. I mean, here we are, right? Sweet 16, Cuse is, is in here. And and I heard the earlier part of the show where you were talking about bets. I mean, I have a few friends who, who graduated with Cuse with me who, who have put money down on Cuse going to the Final Four just because of how things have worked out. You know, five years ago it happened as the 10 seed. Here they are as the the uh, the 11 seed. You know, another stellar track record. I think they're nine and three now as a double digit seed in the tournament the last three years. And uh, two of those losses are to ACC teams that are accustomed to the zone. North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, with their two bags is just a perfect offense for Roy Williams for the zone. And then and then Duke is, is just being Duke in 2018. Uh, and beating Cuse. But yeah, for as far as this game with Houston, I mean, Houston's an, an excellent team. Uh, obviously, they have top 11 offense, top 11 defense. They really get after the offensive boards. I think they're you know first or second in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So that's going to be a challenge against the zone that, you know, inherently will give up boards. West Virginia didn't shoot the ball well under 40%, and yet West Virginia was almost almost won that game on Sunday, uh, thanks in part to, I think, 18 or 19 offensive boards. So they, and they're not a, you know, a, a massive team by any stretch. I think they're certainly respectable size-wise, but they're not, they weren't like, you know, overly matching um, over Q. So offensive boards is going to be, in my mind, the, the biggest question mark here. If, you know, Q's the zone is really uh, tightened up, it's just going to be a matter of how many second and third chances does Houston have. They really pride themselves, you know, Calvin Sampson squad on just, you know, th- at least three guys are crashing every single shot. I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes four. So they're, they're really coming hard to even and, and can do that because Cuse doesn't normally play transition ball that much. So I think Houston's going to really try to do that. That said, Cuse is, you know, they're here for really two reasons. Obviously the zone has given some fits to uh, San Diego state who lost against the zone. Mm-hmm. And then West Virginia had a much better approach, but just didn't, didn't really execute uh, committed a lot of turnovers, but you know, the biggest thing here is the offense. I mean, Syracuse, has put up uh, seven in the 70s now twice against elite defenses, and they're shooting 50% from three. That's why they that's why they're here realistically, right? So I think for Cuse at the end of the day, they are going to need to hit shots and just you know, Buddy's going to have to continue playing well. I, I don't know if he needs to score 30, but maybe 15 or 20 again, uh, and then some of the other role guys just continuing to to play as well as they have, and and then you probably have a really close game here coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, with uh, Steph Curry hurt, I think Buddy Beheim might be the best shooter <laughs> on the planet right now. We all we all saw that coming a month or two ago for sure. Uh, Matthew, I want to ask you about another ACC school, and we talked about the Michigan Florida State game. Let's let's approach this from a Florida State angle. They struggled a bit in the first round against UNC Greensboro. Looked great against Colorado. Where do where do you see this matchup being decided if Florida State's going to get it done? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I heard, you know, BQ do a good job on the, on the Michigan front. He hit on a lot of great points as far as matchups go. Florida State's got the size. They obviously play the Leonard Hamilton bench, which, you know, the never-ending bench. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you appreciate that when guys are just rolling out, role players. Um, yeah, I think, you know, inside they, they have, you know, uh, I think it's Balsha is how you pronounce his name, the, the seven-footer. I think he's about 240, 245, who can match up with, with Hunter inside. And, you know, maybe not stop him, but just kind of limit him, disturb him a little bit inside and make Michigan just work a little bit more for uh, for shots. So I think matchup wise, again, Florida State's in a pretty good position. Um, they have obviously MJ Walker, who's just been been so steady, so stellar all season long. You know, Leonard Hamilton for our state of the program back in August, uh, I spoke with him and he just raved about uh, MJ and uh, his leadership, but also just his ability to involve others and and be um, not only a scorer for them, but just distribute so well because they're a team that, you know, they don't really ever have like one or two guys who are stars. I mean, look at the draft last year, right? I think a couple picks and one of them didn't even start. So that's that's their bread and butter. That's their style. I think that's going to be a by committee approach again with uh, with Michigan here uh, in this game. And, you know, I think it's going to, I think it's another tight one. I think this is one that could, could, um, tilt in, in FSU's favor, even though Michigan's had the better season and is certainly better on paper. Um, the one thing to, to keep an eye on with FSU is sometimes they, they get turnover prone and sometimes um, uh, they're a little streaky from three. And not to mention, they have a few uh, kind of wacky games in there. And ACC wasn't great this year, and they have some, some games that you just kind of scratch your head. Uh, through, through this season, including late in the year, they lost to Notre Dame. So, a couple a couple things that probably again tilt the scale a little bit more toward uh, toward Michigan. But hey, never count out Leonard Hamilton. This is three straight Sweet Sixteens now. Uh, hard to believe for the for the New Bloods. Uh, they have they've really really been recruiting really well lately. I think I think Brian even touched on it. They have another uh, solid class coming in. I mean, so uh, this is a this is a quality club. I think you know FSU. They want to try to get over this hump now. They're in the Sweet 16 for the third straight year. It's just kind of a matter of, of pushing through. But Michigan, no easy task. Yeah, I got to imagine uh, if you're taking if you take a look at the uh, the Ken Palm fan match numbers that Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon, USC probably going to be the highest on the excitement scale for our Sweet 16 games. Uh, just one more question for you here, Matthew, before we let you go. Obviously, we're talking about all these futures. You mentioned uh, some of your buddies, like in uh, Syracuse, to uh, take it all at uh, plus three thousand. They are also uh, what looking at plus five hundred to come out of this region and make the Final Four. Can I interest you at all in a Buddy Beheim most outstanding player at 50 to 1? <laughs> hey, I mean, not, not going to put a pass him at this point. If he's going to be hitting these, you know, NBA range threes, if he's going to, you know, he's actually scored off the bounce as well, but it's been obviously mostly threes. He, sh- he was shooting, I think, 27% from three like a month ago or a month and a half, month and a half ago. And now his season average is almost at 40% um, because he's shooting 50% lately. I mean, he's just been uh, incredible shooting the ball. I think, you know, as Seth Davis pointed out, he's a little one-dimensional just in that he is strictly a shooter. Uh, That said, he capitalizes on mismatches. I mean, the biggest thing with him is a lot of just high ball screens and he gets guys to switch. Bob Huggins was kicking himself after the game Sunday and how many times West Virginia switched off a bigger defender off Buddy they put a smaller guy. Usually it was McNeil that West Virginia shooter is only six, three, but he just will shoot over the top. So, you know, for, for Calvin Sampson and if Syracuse wins that game, whoever they play the next uh, game, 
got to keep an eye on that. I mean, Buddy's, you know, he's 6'5", 6'6". He does have the high release. Uh, if you don't get out on him, I mean, he's, he's just going to knock it down. It's, it's plain and simple. All right. Looking forward to those ACC teams playing in the Sweet 16 here. Matt Gutierrez, thanks again for joining us here today. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, Brian, uh, let's wrap things up here. We've got one more thing we want to talk about. Obviously, we touched on this earlier in the show, but we were both, they were basically just running through all the regions, running through the final four odds, running through the national championship odds. Let's say that right now, oh my God, look at that. A hundred bucks just showed up on your doorstep from the athletic, and you had that to invest in any one futures bet that is available right now. What is it and why? Safest bet, I think, would be Baylor plus 450. Obviously, I like Gonzaga to win it all, but. You know, I'm really going to win 50 bucks. I'm not not too worried about that. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so I'd, I'd want a little bit more risk and a little bit more reward. Uh, so I I think Baylor and then you know Alabama and Michigan, as we said, I think uh, interesting value plays there. And then you know, if you really if you want to buy a new pair of shoes or something, a pair of Jordans, uh, throw throw money on that Oregon to Final Four plus a thousand. Yeah, like can I can I almost like can I take this hundred and split it up between fifty on Michigan at plus nine hundred to win it all and fifty on uh, Alabama to win it all at plus a thousand? Because again, as we said, I really like those odds. Now, I always say like you know value, 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 value is one thing, but you actually have to be able to do the thing for it to matter. Unless you're going to go and you know try and cash out a prop a, a round or two before it actually hits. That's easier said than done. I do think that ultimately these teams have a lot of trouble in going through Gonzaga. And, you know, Gonzaga is the team that we thought they were all season for a reason. I, I might just take that hundred and then throw it into something that uh, that I've got in my own pocket because Gonzaga is just the best team in the country, and they have been all season. I think there's plenty of value in Michigan at plus 900, in Alabama at plus 1,000, even in Baylor at plus 450. But Really, no one has come close to stopping this Gonzaga offense, and I don't think we're going to see it at all. So I still, even though just the plus 150, it still feels like it's not accounting for just how much better this Gonzaga team is than the rest of the field. So I will go ahead and take that 100, try to turn it into 150 bucks on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Hopefully you turn this uh, 40 minutes into something that's going to help you uh, as you are getting ready for the Sweet 16. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're doing it live watching this after the fact or listening to the podcast on Ding You. Brian and I will be back with you again tomorrow. That will be a show where we talk about the Sweet 16 individual matchups, digging into the lines and the totals. So we hope to see you then for Brian Bennett, for Jason Scott, for Matthew Gutierrez, and Brendan Quinn. I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.